Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. SMU is coming off a beatdown of South Florida in its AAC opener, 48-21 in Tampa, as SMU jumped out to a 34-0 lead at halftime over the Bulls, and really were just dominant in pretty much every single facet of the game on Saturday afternoon. Um, and as they went into uh, the second half, they were able to kind of cruise to that win to open up AAC play and move on to 5-0 and on the season. I'm Billy Unbody. Thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. Quick reminder to subscribe to the Pony Stampede podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We appreciate you guys listening as SMU continues its impressive start to the season might end up with a top 25 ranking, uh, depending on how the voters view things uh, in the a- in the AP poll. Uh, but look, I, I want to run through a few quick takeaways, and then on the other side of a break, you'll hear from linebacker Richard McBride for the first time since he transferred to SMU from Auburn. He's got a pretty interesting story, uh, so I wanted to go ahead and just share with you guys the few minutes he spent with the media on Saturday evening. A few takeaways for me include, really, I want to start with the defense, because while the score will indicate the offense had a big day, which it did, and and don't get me wrong, uh, Shane Bouchel was excellent, started 13 of 13, Xavier Jones had 150 yards rushing, but for me, it was the defense. SMU had a program record, 10 sacks, it was five, uh, so if you think about it, they doubled up the single game uh, record for, for sacks. And a season-high 13 tackles for loss uh, by 13 different players on that front. 10 different SMU players recorded a sack. Um, Toby and Duckway led the way with two sacks. Zach Abercrombie added one. Pono Davis, Demerick Gary, Terrence Newman, Nelson Paul, Delante Scott, Gary Wiley, and Elijah Chapman and Richard McBride both had a half sack. So for me, as we went into the season... SMU's defensive line was going to be viewed as a strength, and we we told you guys that they felt they were deep across the board, two, sometimes three guys at each spot, and on Saturday, that was really showcased in a big way for Gary Wiley, who was banged up in fall camp. That's why we really didn't see much of him in the early season. He was still recovering, but he still played in every single game so far this season. He's somebody that came on with a sack. He was impressive overall um on the afternoon and 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 had two tackles uh, along with that sack he's just again putting things together people forget how kind of raw he was uh coming in uh, to smu he was probably 200 pounds soaking wet now he's about 240 kind of almost looks like 250 um but i i expect him to continue to uh, impress and now that he's He's flashed that ability to kind of bring pressure off the edge again like he did last year in in certain spot duty. He'll be able to spell Delonte Scott. He'll be able to spell Nelson Paul, who who had his first career sack in his home state of Florida, which is pretty cool for him. And then Toby and Dekway adding two. Um, This this defense is just really poised uh, to continue to to get better and, and... and just shine, and and they did that. And Rodney Clemens on the back end had 
two interceptions, which was big for SMU. Uh, one especially was critical as it was in the end zone when Flor- uh, South Florida had, had threatened down there um, in the red zone. So for Rodney to have that type of a day, I thought it was big as well. SMU, once again, continues its streak of takeaways. They have 16 straight games now where they've had a takeaway. So almost <laughs> the entirety of, of the the Kevin Kane era at SMU, uh, they've, they've, they've had a takeaway, which is really, really impressive. Now on um, the flip side of things, SMU's offense, it went three and out. I didn't like the play calling on the first drive. I thought it was it was pretty conservative, and then they just came out and just started just dominating. And for Shane Bouchel, starts 13 of 13. I know he had the interception at the end of the first half that he probably wanted back, but it's kind of funny. Shane almost has that issue that Ben Hicks has, and hear me out, where when Ben threw a, a interception and was returned for a touchdown. Shane, when he throws incompletions, is kind of getting a little, uh, just whether it be unlucky or forcing things, yeah, because he has seven touchdowns on the season and four interceptions, so that's kind of not a great stat line that you want to have, but he's he's just, when he's thrown incompletions at times, uh, they've gone to the other team, I, I should say, or completions to the other team, however you want to look at it. Now, he's not turnover prone or anything like that, but um, I did think that was kind of interesting, just kind of a blemish on on his day where he finished 21 of 25. So really impressive. He directed the, the offense, which was incredible. Xavier Jones, 150 yards, and, and passed Toke Walker on the all-time rushing touchdown list at SMU. And and for, for Shane Bouchelle, uh, he ties the, the second-best uh, consecutive completions mark at SMU. Tying Bobby Waters, Justin Willis with 13, and then uh, Josh McCown has the record with 19 um, back in 1999. But overall, I think another big takeaway for me is is the SMU offensive line, which didn't allow a sack for the second time this season. And USF has athletes that they are they're, that they're able to bring off the edge. And once again, they, they stood firm and, and kept the, the pocket clean. And that includes the rest of the game, too, where you saw Terrence Gibson get some work. You saw Derek Green, uh, who, who threw an interception on a tip ball late in the game. So overall, for them to not allow a sack with how many young players played, that was pretty impressive to me. And they've allowed four this season. So A.J. Ricker and his crew doing some really impressive work to, to you know put SMUs offense in position to, to have success because it's not easy to do something like that, whether it be a fluke, whether it be a coverage sack, um, it, things like that happen, and, and they've been outstanding this year. The offensive line has really come together. There's still work to be done. I think they're going to face tougher defenses and are certainly going to have to open um, you know more holes as the uh, offense moves into conference play, and, and they'll have um, tough tasks uh, ahead, but Overall, they're, they're really, really impressive with the way they're playing. One more shout-out. I want to uh, say Richard McBride. I know he dropped the interception at the at the uh, end of the game, but team high, nine tackles, had a half sack. He struggled at times in coverage. I think that's going to be something to watch kind of as the season unfolds. But overall, he stepped in in a really difficult situation. As we reported, Richard Moore out for the season and SMU 
head coach Sonny Dykes confirmed it after the game that he's out for the year. Preston Ellison will continue to have to step up and spell Richard McBride, but you can tell McBride is really having a lot of fun out there being able to play football again. He's got a really interesting story. Was working after graduating from Auburn. Hits SMU up. SMU hits him up, and it goes from there, and he ends up in training camp, and, and uh, it, it, it certainly has worked out for both sides so far. So with that, we're going to take a quick break from the Pony Stampede podcast. When we come back, we're going to go right into the interview with Richard McBride in the post-game uh, interview room, and uh, we'll wrap up the podcast uh, after that. So hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to me for a bit, but for now, it's time to listen to SMU linebacker Richard McBride, who had a team-high nine tackles against USF in the win. How much time did you kind of have to prepare to be a starter, and just what's what's the difference? I know you've only been here really long. Yeah, I think I came in in the last month of August, and um, I think the first week I was trying to pick up on the playbook, and um, so I picked up on the playbook, and when Richard went down, I mean, I pretty much, they had no choice but to uh, try to pick it up on first, so I mean, I picked it up, and pretty much just started playing. On the defensive side, how complex is that playbook when you got to learn it so quickly? I mean, it's pretty much the same thing that we've been doing throughout the whole my whole college career, just different terminology. So, all right, ten sacks tonight. Did you guys put in any wrinkles to try to disguise or create new looks because you had such a young quarterback across the line from you? Uh, no, sir. I think we just came out fire. I think we just came came out more fired up than them, and we just wanted to uh, win more. So I know you graduated from Auburn, right? So what, why did why reach out so late? You know, kind of how did that whole process kind of play out in between when you left Auburn and got here? Well, what happened was, I mean, I reached out. I emailed like different schools, like thirty schools, and um, did nobody hit me back? Did nobody hit me back? So um, once I had, I Coach Brewer hit me up, and then wasn't nobody trying to get me. So I emailed Coach Brewer back and was like, Hey, are you guys in need of a linebacker? And it just went from there. Was it to Rhett kind of, was he a part of it? Oh, uh, yes, sir. When you have a game like today where the defense starts piling up sacks, does it start to create a little competition within the defense? Like, who's going to get the next one? For me, I was so mad because, like, I didn't get no set. Well, one set, but, like, it was just, you know, I was just, I mean, I'm proud of the D-line. The D-line did a job, but, you know, they didn't say enough for me for so. <laughs> and how frustrating! I mean, you like you said you emailing all these schools, and now it's it must be frustrating then. But to kind of come here now, you're you're starting. We'll probably be starting the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and you guys are five and zero. I mean, just how, how did it all kind of work out from, from that initial frustration? Well, for me, I mean, I was back home working and just emailing different schools. Um, Oklahoma State was trying to get me, but I mean, it went down here for there, and I was just trying to stay in touch with like different schools. And once whoever we, I was. In my mind, since it, it was fall camp, I'm like, whoever emailed me back, I'm going. And SMU just hit me back up. Where were you working? Uh, I was working at my elementary school and coaching. Coaching football? Yes, sir. We good? You're a veteran of bowl game and conference championship games. Do you expect to be talking to your teammates just to about how to handle the expectations, how to get over that hump to get that extra win for eligibility? I mean, this – I come out, I go to practice every day, try to keep like keep us like motivated. So I'm trying to do whatever to keep the guys motivated, more motivated. So pretty much, I mean, 
Yes, sir. What about last, last one, the club takeaway thing. What, what, how did that all kind of start? Were you part of that? And, and what, what are your thoughts on it? Takeaway? Yeah, like the whole bottle service, all that celebration. Oh, no. Nah, yeah. That was part of Richard Moore thing, so I, I just came into it. So. How's the defense different when you're in instead of Richard Moore? I mean, change up some of the looks that you present to an offense or anything like that? Uh, no, sir. I, do, I pretty much do the same thing Richard Moore did for real. We just, I mean, just play, play ball.